Hello, welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. Ready for part two with Marjorie Churchborn? Marjorie is a school engagement director for the American Heart Association. In this discussion, we focus more on her career and the pivots along the way. So why is she so passionate about this mission? It's a doozy and we might have shed a few more tears. <laughs> what are the characteristics that have made her a successful fundraiser and engagement director? And what's helped her along the way when she was down and out and between jobs? We even get a little bit more intel with respect to her favorite soft skill and the advice she would give to her younger self. Enjoy this episode. devices. Wowzers. Part two. Here we go. Welcome back to Relatable. This is Teresa Freeman, your host. <laughs> There's Muggy. Uh, so I wanted to talk to Muggy uh, for a long time and about your career path because, as you know, on our show Relatable, we talk I'm a, a lot. Thank you. Long time listener. Big first time fan. Time, first time interview. First time, go, first time interview. When I think about the heart of this program and what really, uh, one of the reasons that I started it is this idea of pivoting and changing and moving and how it's not a straight line and how you can um, reinvent yourself, all the things. And I, when I think about that and I think about you and your journey and your path and how much you've had to do that. Like from the beginning, I remember talking about this, like you'd be great because of all the different twists and turns. Some of them maybe in your control, some of them not so much in your control. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about that and to hear, I think, how you've maneuvered and how you found, I think now, which is something that you love to do and you've kind of really self-actualized in this position and so we'll start with American Heart Association and what you're doing there and um, we can talk you know kind of work our way back a little bit to, to hear about that path and journey but tell me first what's the role that you have now and give us a little bit of a insight into what that's like and what you do on okay so I am a school engagement director uh -huh. yes yes fancy I is Fancy. I have to say it with my pinky. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so school engagement director for the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. It's the same, normally we just call it American Heart Association for short. I have um, 18 counties or school districts that I work with in Virginia. American Heart Association has had school partner programs for almost 45 years, I think now. Um, they used to be called Jump, Rope for Heart, and Hoops for Heart. Um, they had a refresh and um, completely updated the program uh, a few years back, and now they're called Kids Heart Challenge and American Heart Challenge. And so it's my job with mm -hmm. American Heart Association to find what I call my heart partner, or mm -hmm. heartner for short, <laughs> within every school within my uh, 18 school district um, who will share our school engagement programs, help us get the information out to students, staff, families in the community about being heart healthy, about the way I summarize it is ways to be kind to your heart and mm -hmm. others. So there's many different facets in it, but it's they're wonderful programs. Of course, they're free. They're family engagement, community service learning programs, and it's they're they're so great. I just love it. Yeah. And you have opportunities. Let's see if I get this right. Where your you have a seasonality to your work in terms of times of year where certain things are happening with throughout the execution of these programs. Yes. And so in the beginning you're building relationships with programs and and it's at the high school elementary school and middle school and middle school mm -hmm. so all all that pyramid mm -hmm. and then so the relationship aspect of you 
maybe talking to people that aren't familiar with the programs or you know net new schools that you're trying to work with and then you've got schools that you already have relationships with so that's a recurring yeah. relationship right. and then maybe some that churn or that you know right. leave but then come back so so there's that part of your year and then there's the part of the year where you're actually executing on the programs right. where you're going into schools and you're doing the fundraiser which is what yeah. the jump for heart or right is that yeah. so yeah so summertime for instance like you said it's it's pretty seasonal over the summer i'm meeting with a lot of superintendents who all want to get our heart healthy information out to their schools Um, meeting with principals and finding out from them who the best person is within their school to be my partner who is a champion for health and wellness within the school that wants to get that messaging out to the kids and families and community and then normally schools can do the program really any time between September and probably May is it's getting kind of late because schools getting ready to close but anytime throughout the year the vast majority usually do it you know maybe October November and then a lot uh, January February March a lot of schools choose February because it's National Heart Month but some of them think they have to do it in February because that's National Heart Month, but they do not. Um, it's just a popular time to do it because Valentine's Day, too. Everything's all yeah, about the heart. heart. Yeah. So, yeah. So going into the schools during that time frame, I, we usually kick off their program with an assembly. You've even come to I did. one of yes. my Kids Heart Challenge kickoff assemblies. And they're super fun. We just get um, the kids really excited about um, ways that they can, you know, make heart-healthy choices and then bring all the lessons that they learn back home and, and help be the champions for heart health within their own home. Do you have, and I know you're doing a lot now with training in terms of educating and training within your organization. And also, I know, I'll embarrass you a little bit, I know that you have, you know, you're such a great relationship person you, you know you have a relationship with kelly and finn right and finn is is he like the national ambassador thank you i don't i don't know the exact <laughs> term yeah so and that was like part in part your relationship with kelly that helped to make that happen and he's the the national ambassador and then you said there was a recent something that happened that was pretty good you want to talk about that so yes so this is pretty cool so Finn is a national ambassador for American Heart Association. He's a very sweet little boy in Fredericksburg. He was born with CHD. Uh, having heart disease, you're at higher risk for, you know, heart attack, cardiac arrest, stroke, any of those things. A part of our Kids Heart Challenge and American Heart Challenge program, when people join online, they follow a pathway, which includes, and it really makes it very simple and spells it out for them, but part of that pathway, and it's called Finn's Mission, Mm-hmm. named for our little Finn, yep. who you've met. It includes learning the steps to hands-only CPR, learning warning signs, and then sharing them with others. And so it's just so vital to get that information in front of people, have them learn it and relearn it every year because it eliminates hesitation. People, if you keep it fresh in your mind, you're more likely to act in that panic scenario. And um, that is what happens. Most people panic when, when those things happen, but literally seconds count when it comes to saving a life. So so that's that's one of the things, you know, the programs are fun, but the information that gets out is yeah. so important and it truly does save lives. And I got a phone call this spring from a woman that I had met who actually hosts the program at her preschool, but she also has a son who attends the local elementary school, and they do the program. So that's how she knew me directly um, to call me up was because she hosted at her school, but she called me up and she said, Marjorie, I have to tell you something, and I, I was worried at first because she I could hear her. Her voice was shaking, and I said, oh my gosh, are you okay? Is everything all right? And she said, I am okay. She said, I just, she goes, you have to forgive me. I'm still a little shooken up. She said, but you're the first person I thought to call after we got home. She said, but I just, I have to tell you, my son and I just saved a man's life. Although I'm probably getting choked up telling you this. Yeah. I said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And she said, I I just have to tell you this. She goes, I'm still in shock. She said, my son and I were in mass and a gentleman who was, who was there all by himself collapsed. And her five-year-old son recognized it. He was the first one to recognize it. And he called out to call 911, which alerted her. She said she sat there for a second because she was panicked at first. And she said nobody was doing anything. 
So she and Phil instinctively just immediately stood up, walked up her to the pew that he was in, and she started giving him hands-only CPR, and her sweet little five-year-old was counting behind her to help her keep the beat, because you need to do it to the beat of 100 to 120 beats per minute. Push hard and fast in the center of the chest, and, you know, I always tell everybody, think of the song Staying Alive right? by the Bee Gees. Staying yeah. Alive? Yeah. It's Staying my ringtone on my phone. Is it? Yeah. Ah. I keep it fresh in my head, yeah. so it's the ringtone on my phone, but she said, we just jumped in and started doing it and I could hear Phil behind me counting helping me stay to the beat and they kept him alive until ENTs arrived and they saved his life and that's it incredible was, she said it, it's literally because Phil and I just two weeks earlier had done kids heart challenge and he was all excited to complete Finn's mission he wanted to complete Finn's mission so we watched the video and we rewatched it and we talked about it even and he had all these questions about it and he was just he was so proud of me, but I kept telling him I was yeah. so proud of him. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of amazing, and it's named after our little friend Finn, yeah. who I was so lucky and blessed to meet uh, almost eight years ago now. Yeah, and it's amazing, I think, to find something that you have passion about, and then you think about, we as we get older, we talk about, like, legacy and what's your impact, and that you have this now testimonial. Not that you don't get to see it with all your kids because you see the fundraising and you can kind of see that, but it's really cool to have that personal story. And then they were just highlighted in a video too, like within a American Heart, right? Yeah, so not long after she had just shared that story with me, one of my teammates, Jen, and who works for our National Center, reached out and said, we're getting ready to, to make a video for the next year for the Kids Heart Challenge program. And she asked everybody to send in a recent story. There are so many stories out there about people being alerted, noticing warning signs from the things that they've learned from doing the program. Next thing I know, I mean, it was just a matter of a couple of weeks and they were they were filming that video and it's, everyone loves it. It's just, you can't watch it and not feel something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's, amazing. It's incredible. How did you find this job? Tell me a little bit about your path to American Heart and how it became such a like passionate play for you in yeah. terms of your connection. Okay, so I'll probably cry again. I know, it's all right. <laughs> we've, already, we've already broken the seal on that, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm just, just get ready. <laughs> Buckle up. One of our very best friends, Meg Sharp, very kindly introduced me to LinkedIn. <laughs> I was a little behind the times. Um, this was, you know, 10 years ago, but she uh, helped me update my LinkedIn profile to help me find my next, um, my next professional position. We were, you know, in the part in LinkedIn where it said, please share, you know, things that you, organizations that you support and you're passionate about. So I said American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, click right on my link. I mean, it was, I want to say it was less than a week. I got a call from a wonderful young lady named Jenny in our recruiting headquarters. And she contacted me and said, I saw you. I see you have a background working in schools, which I had my previous mm-hmm. position. I worked in schools as well for nine years. And I see that you also are a supporter of our mission at American Heart and American Stroke Association. Do you know anybody in the Fredericksburg area who would you know, like to help us engage with, get our messaging out and um, help save lives? And I said, do I ever know anybody? <laughs> you bet I do, Jenny. Cute um, little blonde. Yeah, her so, name's McGee. Right, <laughs> McGee, as Marilyn would say. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it, it really did uh, happen. It happened so fast. I, I think I was in their office in Arlington, interviewing within two weeks and hired. It was. I mean, I knew. I literally. I felt like as soon as I walked in those doors, I was like, "This is where I'm going to be working." And I, I had, a I for no reason. I don't know why, but a tremendous amount of confidence in that interview. I just the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, "I'm the person that they're looking my- for. This is where I'm supposed to be." Yeah, and I just had my 10-year anniversary, Teresa. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, longest I've ever been anywhere and best job of my life. Yeah. And so you tell us about the passion part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Okay, I can do it. Okay. Well, and the, okay, before okay. we before we go there, I I think what people can you know should know is that you and your husband you know traveled a lot for the better part of 20 years Mm -hmm. that's right Mm -hmm. for his job Mm -hmm. and got to see amazing parts of the country and lived in wonderful places and I think you know had 
extraordinary opportunities through those experiences. And I think, you know, there were times, you know, coming back here or coming to visit that, you know, when you'd be leaving, you'd be like, man, like I love being on the road and seeing all these places at the same time, you know, I do kind of miss being home and being connected. Yeah. And so I think what you're about to talk about is, you know, and it kind of answers probably two questions that I, that I, that I have another question that is in this area that I suspect would be the same answer for you in terms of kind of that, that watershed moment, right. Or shape shifting moment. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk a little bit about it because I think that kind of informed the American heart thing, but also what I love about it is like when you know it's right it's right and that all happened and then it just seemed to to bring some clarity to you that maybe you didn't have before definitely now that I've set it up very mysteriously (laughs) (laughs) you've said it all what more can I say what she said Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. No, yeah. So um... said said nothing. (laughs) So yeah. So okay backtrack a little yeah. bit yes yeah, so we we had been go back to 2009 we had been you know living all over the country and at the time we were living on the pacific northwest and i had we hadn't been home actually for christmas in a couple of years we'd come we'd come home for visits but we hadn't been home for christmas hard to travel during the holidays and expensive and you know just kind of a hectic time but there was something that told me that year that i needed to go home <laughs> for Christmas that year Mm -hmm. and I said not only do I want to go home but I want to spend some time with my parents you know miss them my husband being the wonderful person that he is said absolutely that sounds great you know you want to stay with them you know for a week and I said yes I would love that and he was like yeah that sounds fun let's do it maybe we can help them out with some things and so we did we we went home for Christmas spent a wonderful five or more days with them and made some great memories it was it was really really marvelous and then left um, came to our house came to your house <laughs> of course and um we uh got to your house I remember I was downstairs and my husband called down to me he said you know can you come upstairs we we got to go back home so we did but he said that because he got a phone call from my brother telling him that, that my dad had a heart attack yeah so we uh got in the car and we were driving down. Unfortunately, there was t- terrible traffic, holiday time, and just, you know, that stretch Good old 95. Good old 95. So it, it took a few hours. It shouldn't have taken that long, but it didn't. And we got a phone call before we could reach Fredericksburg telling us that my dad had passed away. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. So then we were uh, trying to get to the hospital where they where they were and my mom was with them. I, you know, was desperately trying to call and get my mom on the phone at the hospital and I only talked to her for a few minutes. She didn't sound like herself. It sounded strange, which you would imagine, of course, yes. her beloved husband of almost 58 years, you know, had just passed away, but she just didn't, something didn't sound right. And then we tried tracking down a very good friend of theirs who, but she, you know, she was at the hospital and she was with him. So I, I just kept telling her, I just kept telling her over and over again, Mom, we're coming. We're going to get there as fast as we can. We're coming. I love you. We tried to track down a very, very good friend of theirs who was a doctor, found out that he, he had heard what had happened and he had rushed to be with them too, which we were very grateful because they were very close friends. And I knew that would be a comfort to my mom. When we had finally arrived to the hospital, they had told us that unfortunately it looked like my mom had suffered a stroke so when we got there you know we got to see my dad but he he had passed away at that point but we got to give him you know little mm-hmm. gentle hugs and kisses yeah. on the forehead and tell him we love him and hope that he heard it um he heard it he heard it my mom you know she was still alive but she she wasn't uh, conscious but they did kept telling us that if we talked to her that you know they believed that she could hear what we were saying to her so so we got to we got to be with her and spend a couple hours with her um all of my siblings except for one was able to get there sister Kathleen lives up in Massachusetts as you know and couldn't get down there in time although she desperately wanted to but we put the phone next to mom's ear and she got to talk to her my mom passed away the same night just a few hours after my dad so it really you know 
it's extraordinary. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, I mean, I, I that I think we were all so in shock. But I mean, even just I had to drive her car home from the mm-hmm. hospital to their house and their empty house, and it was just after just being there with them. Anyway, I realized I had a lot to learn. I had a lot to learn about warning signs. I had a lot to learn about stroke, cardiac arrest, heart disease, all of these things. I wanted to, there's something therapeutic about feeling like you're, you know, there's nothing we can do to bring mom and dad back, but maybe we can help other people keep those they love around longer and their hearts healthier and, and you yeah. said they were married for 58 years almost 58 years yeah. so there is yeah there is i i was talking to maureen mcnulty at the at the reunion and she oh. is a nurse I'm pretty oh, sure. she was, oh, nice. and she said we're two people that have been yeah like they can die from a broken heart have you heard yeah i have heard of that um and i you know i've seen articles about it and it, the name is escaping me as well i've had a lot of people say to me oh like the notebook you know the, yeah. Name the notebook. Yeah. yeah yeah which you know i think that came out not too long before my mom and dad passed away uh, that was that was one of the biggest life-altering events of mm-hmm. my life was very and then did you you almost immediately decided to come back yeah my i i I mean, obviously, we extended our trip home because we yeah. had to, you know, take care of things and have their service and everything. And I, you know, just being in their house, at least I felt like I was still kind of close to them, being in their house. And my sweet husband was like, you don't want to leave? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, okay, we'll find a way to come home. Yeah. So we did. So and, you did. Um, yeah, it took a while. I mean, I stayed, <laughs> went, went home not for very long and then came back because their house was empty somebody had to kind of take, take care, of care of the things. affairs there um, yeah mm-hmm. i mean they, you know if they had just left the house there was nothing everything it was yeah so i lived there for almost a year by myself with him coming back for visits until we could you know get all of our jobs worked out all of our sell our house and everything I in mean, my job at the time they were wonderful, wonderful to me, and they figured out a way to let me, you know, continue working for them and work remote. I became a national trainer for them um, eventually, and this was school fundraising for your previous company, <laughs> oh, right? Correct, yeah. correct. Yep, I loved it because I always loved being in the school environment, helping helping these great, you know, teachers and these families. They were trying to, at the time, they were trying to raise money for uh, helping their kids get to play in the marching band at the Mason mm-hmm. Day Parade or help the cheerleaders go on a trip. I mean, all of these things are so expensive for parents and, and schools and teachers for the things that they do. And so um, I, I worked on that end of it, and, and I loved it. Then they, the company I was working for at the time, they eliminated the field positions and tried an in-house customer service call center format (laughs) Mm -hmm. and offered that I could come there and live in Troy, Michigan. And I said, I can't do that. (laughs) But then what an offer. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I was like, no, I'm, I'm in Virginia. I'm back home. I'm going to stay here. So, so then I was, you know, looking for something else. And that's when our wonderful friend Meg said, let's update that LinkedIn profile and really think about some of the things that you're, you know, passionate about. And, and yeah, really, that's that's where it started and then like you said it just sometimes when things are easy like that or they just happen it's like yeah that was meant to be that was was totally meant meant to be be. one of the things i want to ask you too about the role well first thank you for sharing that because i know that's hard to share i think you know we've talked a lot about it in terms of those of us that have aged parents that i mean it seems like such a cruel and harsh thing to happen so abruptly and to have both your parents who you love so much and who loved each other so much to go so quickly on the same day it's like it's just like in a movie and then you know as you kind of watch the rest of us and parents sort of demise over time and I don't know there's not there's no great way to to leave this planet but there is something about the two of them together yeah and it's, and it's sad and romantic at, at the, same the same time, time yeah mm-hmm. and surely you would want more time with them like there's nothing that like takes the place of that but and kind of interestingly you know you know in, in their passing right that you kind of find this true mm-hmm. point north which for you i think when we talk about career and you talk around it I think you always, you're someone that's going to make the best of every situation. You're a really hard worker. You're super smart. So you're going to make all that work. But like we said, kind of at the top of this, like you found something 
that's so meaningful to you. And so yeah. it's just kind of cool, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe in their passing, this thing came to fruition that maybe wouldn't have otherwise not, you know, yeah. half full, you, you know. It's very true. I mean, very true. I've never, never had a job that inspired me the way this one does and fulfills me the way this one does. And, uh, you know, and I, I didn't know a job could do that for you, to be honest. I really didn't. I always looked at it like, you know, well, you got to work, you need yeah. a job, and you can make it fun because, like we were saying, we, we that's yeah. who we are. We make the best of everything, right? This was just, this is just every day I do, I pinch myself. I feel uh, it's it's an honor to get to do this. I believe so much in what we do, and I'm surrounded by just every day the most incredible people. I love all the teachers that that I get to work with, the superintendent. I mean, these are incredible people. The principals, like, these are caring, hardworking people. Service. And the heart families, oh my gosh, and the heart warrior kids and our ambassadors, like, they're, it's it's unbelievable. And I think it's got to give you, like, every day you're reminded how precious it is and how much you should, should and can be grateful yes. for each day that you have. And, you know, yes. it's just like you, you're you in a job that where that's like, yes. you can't ignore it. You cannot. <laughs> you like cannot. In I, your face. Every, yes, you know. it's yeah. so true. I mean, you, you know, Finn started as our first, mm-hmm. like, real national ambassador, yeah. right? Well, now we have an ambassador program, and we reach out to kids everywhere and families everywhere and, and see if they want to share their story. And one of my favorite parts of my job now is I have connected with so many incredible ambassadors and heart warrior families. And one of the things that we do, which I love so much, is every few months or so, we'll invite them to join us all on a Zoom call, Mm -hmm. right? And I've been very fortunate where, you know, my organization has asked me to sort of host them and be the MC of them. Um, probably just because I'm such a goofball. But I love it so yeah. much. I, they just, oh my God, they make my heart smile. I see these kids and um, the families all joining on the call. And so they get to see each other and they get yeah. to know I'm not alone. And somebody else has a little heart scar or right. has a similar story to me or, you know, and they inspire each other. And sometimes the, pan- the families get to know each other and they get to share helpful hip- hints and tips with each other and, you know, I had a family, you know, that had trouble trying to find a medical device and another parent was like, oh, I can help you out with that. I know where you can get that. And they connected and, but the kids like, we'll play games with them sometimes. Like we'll do scavenger hunts and, you know, and, and, you know, we'll just ask them, you know, you want to share updates and these kids, you know, they'll, they'll talk about like if they had a recent surgery, they'll share, you know, how it went. And I had one the other night, a couple months ago, I guess. And after we did it, I went downstairs. My husband was making dinner. I was just in the best mood because I just love doing it. And yeah. I came down all smiles, and he's down at the stove, and he is just, tears are just flowing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, honey. And he was like, those kids are incredible. Like, so he can yeah. hear, you know, our house is yeah. small. So he could. He was listening to the call. He was like, those kids are incredible. He's like, their positivity is unbelievable. All the stuff that they've gone through, and they're such happy, incredible, positive kids. And it, it hit me because I, I certainly don't ever want to get to a point where, you know, it doesn't affect me so uh, deeply. Right. But I'm so blessed that I, I get to see this. I get to be around that all the time. And he doesn't, you know, his job doesn't entail that. He doesn't, you know, most people don't. You know? Right. But it just, you know, so of course I started crying, but I was like, I know now you do t- truly understand why I love this yeah. so much. It's On the... On the one thing I wanted to ask you too, because I think it's it's interesting in terms of the aspect of your job on the fundraising side, you're someone that I think does a really good job of building those relationships and, and being able to kind of stay at the top of the leaderboard, whatever that means. Uh, but there is, like, to be fair, there is a sales component of the role that's the fundraising side. So I'm curious for you, if you, for people that are in sales positions or are considering fundraising roles, right, that have mission interest or mission align that they're trying to do and that fundraising is a piece of it or sales component what are some of your secrets to doing that effectively like if you were to give some tips on yeah. how to how to do that what would you say you know uh to be honest i do not i really do not see myself as a for better or worse i don't know yeah. i do not see myself as a salesperson at all i i i and yes there is 
uh, a fundraising component to the programs that the schools do. But I always tell them, you know, share the information with the families. Those that want to or are inspired to, you know, donate or give or fundraise will. But not all that do the program have to. Mm-hmm. But just get the word out because you'll be surprised how many people, you know, I mean, heart disease affects one in three people. So you'd be surprised. Um, and it's CHD, congenital heart disease, is the number one birth defect. Um, you know, it's mm. about one in 100 or one in 110, somewhere in that range of babies that are born with mm. CHD. Mm-hmm. So think of your enrollment of your school. Now, how many kids do you think probably, how many families, Have. you know? And then, um, you know, I, I certainly am not unique, you know, having lost a parent to a heart attack or, or a stroke. or um, So I, the more I talk to people, the more stories I hear about, like, you know, this is something that's very dear and personal to a lot of people. And like I said, it is therapeutic to feel like you're doing yeah. something, right? And I tell the kids, look, we're, we are raising donations, but we're also raising awareness. And that does a lot too. And, you know, there are schools out there that raise more than others. And there's different reasons for that. Maybe the area that they're in, maybe the families within the school, maybe, you know, you never know what the scenario might be. But each school that does it makes a difference because between raising awareness and raising donations, you are making an impact. You know, I mean, here you have this little story from Fredericksburg yeah. with this life that was saved. It's not, you know. Yeah, this human life. Human life. Yeah. There's no price on that. But yeah, uh, but we, but yes, we are asked to try and reach these goals each year because we have to fund grants, scientific grants, you know. Unfortunately, you know, so many go unfunded because, you know, there's, no there's still so much that needs to be done. But, you know, we've made great headway. And so, so that's why I say I look at it like I just try and find my person, my heart partner within every school. And then that opens the door and then the I'll find somewhere within each school is at least one person who wants to champion this information, this messaging out to the students, staff, and families. If I if a school isn't doing it, it's just because I haven't had the conversation with the right person. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just haven't found my person. Or I haven't even had a conversation with the school yet. There's so many within 18 counties of the yeah. state. I would say all the time, I wish I had more hours in the day, more days in the week, because pretty much I, you give me five minutes with somebody within the school, and they're like, yeah, why wouldn't we do this? Yeah. I have some people that say, I just met with a principal the other day that said, you know, I tell them I'll go in, I'll do a heart-healthy presentation. And they're like, oh, that's so great. We, you know, we hire people for that every year. We try and get that messaging out. How much do you charge for that? Like, no, that's my job. It's free for you all. Education, I, like yes. private is education. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's great too about that, and I think it translates, it's about the relationship. It's about the mission. It's like, if that's your origin point, mm-hmm. then then the rest flows, yeah. right? And then things happen because yeah. the at the center of it is a good intention around supporting and, yeah. and like driving the, the awareness. And I guess before we kind of, venture off to other parts of the, our story here if people are interested in donating if people want to learn more about american heart or find their person in their county what should they do Teresa? i'm so glad you asked <laughs> they simply go to yes. www.heart.org yeah. okay forward slash schools oh very good yeah there's um testimonials on there they'll see from superintendents principals parents teachers heart warriors yeah great information about how you can bring this free family engagement community service learning program to your school when you come involved because you've been there for 10 years and you are so there's a lot of different organizations like american heart so that have opportunities for people to work in them when you think about successful characteristics of people that work within that construct whether it's on the fundraising side or there's i'm sure lots of different they're just their organizations just like for-profit organizations. So they have the, all the same types of jobs, right? But when you think about your culture and, you know, the success you've had or you look at what the success that of others have had, what are some of the characteristics that you think are well-suited for that kind of work? We are celebrating the official release of Teresa's book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, on September 28th at the Ald Shabin in Fairfax, Virginia. Please register for your free ticket through Eventbrite. 
Go to eventbrite.com and search for Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way or by Teresa's name. During the event, we'll raffle off over $1,000 in prizes. Teresa will be signing books. There will be free food and drinks as well as an opportunity to network. Don't miss out on this opportunity to connect with other relatable listeners at this event sponsored by TFA Soft Skills. Well, I, I definitely think it has to be, if you want to do it, in my opinion, it needs to be something that you are personally passionate about. Mm-hmm. I think, no pun intended, but I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. I always have. I've been been that type of person. Open wound. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm out there, people. <laughs> Love me or leave me. And I, and I literally wear my heart on my sleeve every day on, yeah. my, on my t-shirt. I draw a heart and I write my why on the inside. But I think that when it comes to, you know, nonprofits and, you know, connecting with other people on it, like Finn's mom, Kelly, like mm-hmm. she, I remember her telling me very early on, you know, as soon as I met her, she was like, you know, I want to go to schools with you. I want to do this with you. I want to, I want to help raise awareness and you know, Finn, she and Finn came with me for many years to mm-hmm. do presentations in schools, but she told me, she goes, I, I knew you were genuine. She said, I mm-hmm. knew why you were doing this and I knew you really cared. And I believe that you want this as much as I do and believe in this as much as I do. And I think I was telling you earlier, that's personally for me, one of my favorite char- characteristics in people is when they are um, sincere and yeah. genuine. And I don't have a problem you know, being open and sharing people why I care, sharing with them why I care so much about American Heart and Stroke. And it's beyond my wonderful parents and losing them. I mean, now I have um, so many whys. Mm-hmm. The families that I've met, the stories I've heard, there's an incredible family out in Northumberland and their story of, you know, the husband, the, their dad, um, being saved at the Metro by a bystander by Hansley CPR. And it's just a miracle the way everything lined up and he was saved and now their family is so passionate about helping to save others and getting the word out and so many other ambassadors out there but I think it I think to be successful in that area it definitely has to be something that you are truly sincerely passionate about like Meg that day said what 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 of these organizations you know are do you connect to and I check that box Mm -hmm. I didn't have to think about it and then when I heard from them I just I mean I felt it like it was Mm. like this is okay yeah this is that's that's where I'm supposed to be yeah I think I think you have to be honest with yourself about what you genuinely care about why you're motivated to help and make a difference there and then don't be afraid to share share your why with others Mm -hmm. because I think when you are open and genuine and with others it makes them feel more comfortable to share their stories with you and then that's that's when you start to build those friendships and yeah. that bond and connect I do think there's also a component which maybe we'll talk about in a minute but just around the relationship aspect of being able to build relationships and sustain them and and that requires yes a passion around the cause also it requires a real interest in other humans and, and a, like a curiosity that yeah. like you want to be connected uh, beyond just the need of the fundraising or beyond the need of like, right. But who are these, who are these people as people? Yeah. (laughs) And how do you do that? Before we like wrap, I I am curious because, you know, you did have, I would say the early part of your career, there was a lot of upheaval and you had a lot of moves and there was like, I did mention earlier, like things out of your control and, you know, layoffs or trying to find jobs in bad economies. And so I, I, one thing I did really want to ask you is just during those down periods or when it was really hard, what are the things that helped you dig out? And what are the things that kind of helped you to be resilient when you were trying? I, I do remember periods of time where you were like, you would be, have moved it to a new place mm-hmm. and you were trying everything and you were doing the submission of resumes and you were calling all the places and it was like, no, no, getting a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. So what, what did you do to kind of help yourself dig out of that? I mean, I think for me I I can feel a lot of weight and pressure and you know of responsibility and feeling bad about not providing but I mean truly it was such a help to me he never made me feel bad about it always you know reminded me we're okay we're gonna be okay 
you know, you're going to find something. And, you know, he would build up my confidence and tell me he believed in me. And so I'm very lucky that, that I had his support and friendship, really. That helped me quite a bit because especially when you're, you know, away from home and you don't have your network. But I also, you know, I met, I've met so many great friends all the different places that we lived. Mm-hmm. And, like, for instance, our one of our best friends, Kate, we met out in, um, when we lived on Mercer Island. She was so great and, you know, kind of like you. Kate's bold like you. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, she met me and she was like, you're going to be my new best friend. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, she loved what she did. You know, she she helped me find my position with the company that does mm-hmm. the school fundraising, and she was so good at it. And I, and I learned from that experience how much I liked that school environment, you know. Both of my beautiful sisters were teachers, uh, you know, wonderful teachers, incredible teachers. They're both now retired, but I, you know... Uh, I often thought to myself, gosh, did I, did I mess up? Was I supposed to be a teacher too? And I, I wondered about that for a while. Like, oh no, you know, was I, cause I, I, you know, here they were such naturals at it. And I'm like, I think I could have done that. And, and I, you know, and I so admire teachers, but I, you know, I get to be in that school environment. Yeah. I get to be it in my own way. And I think the way that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So um, it's funny how life works out. Yeah. And I think for also in those times of just keep trying, you know, you just kept submitting, you keep having conversations with people, you keep putting yourself out there, you keep, you know, there's a lot of people right now that have been laid off. And, and so I think when you're in the, in that situation and you're kind of down in the dumps, know that there's, there's always a, don't stop. It, don't stop. Yeah, and like, you just stop. keep trying and yeah. eventually. And be open to meeting people and yeah. talking to them about what they do. Never knew, uh, like, before yes. meeting Kate, I didn't even know people did jobs <laughs> like that. I, right. I really didn't. This wasn't part of my world. You never know who you're going to meet. You know, I the job that I had in Colorado, when we lived in Colorado, I met lovely woman. We were out one of our first nights up there on a rooftop bar. <laughs> and we got to talking. We hit it off. She was like, need to come work with me next thing i knew i was working at her at her company and well this is a perfect segue yes to my soft skills question i love it so i've heard i should say not should want to say i will say yeah uh, from the beginning of me starting this company and starting this passion project of mine around developing these skills and other people you've been like a number one supporter and have been really great at being like I said earlier kind of my biggest cheerleader but I also think we have a kinship in how important they are you helped me early on with some of my earlier workshops and you know being able to bring this stuff to life and and bring it to fruition so when you think about soft skills with respect to what you see because you do have access also to a lot of what I like to characterize as our future leaders and people that are you know going to be taking care of us not in the too distant future what are the soft skills that you think are important? What are the ones that you think are really critical to to success? And I would even venture to say, you, you know, an, like the if we think about you and I both being rooted and we want to enjoy life and have fun in life and, and have a good time, like what are the things that help like actually increase that happy quotient? You know, if, if I were to add that little element twist to the, oh. to the question around soft skills what do you think what ones would you pick honestly I think I, I don't know you know not having human children only having two Labrador <laughs> children um, who I love the best Labrador puppies ever you said it I have seen you know you all all of all of our very close friends that have kiddos whatever it is I don't know what it is this is electronics there, there's there's um not as much of a social component especially with maybe meeting adults and talking with adults I know you're you know, your boys are so great about that. They always have been, I think, because they had no choice with you as a mom. They were going to have soft skills. They were going to be communicators. Uh, you know, I see it in, in the schools and with the kids. Like, those that stand out and seem to excel are, they will, you know, they have no problem talking, communicating well, asking questions. I don't know. There seems to be almost like a fear factor a little bit for speaking up, and I don't know. I really don't know where that originates from. I, you know, from talking with all of my teacher friends that, you know, 
I get to uh, partner with in the schools, they're, you know, they always have some kids that just sort of sparkle and shine and, and they're the ones that are, you know, asking to help out or that ask questions, that welcome the new kids to the class, things like that, that you stand out when you do that. Your teachers notice that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, you know, it, if you want to stand out, you want to really make an impression, don't be so afraid, you know, there isn't, there's anything to be yeah. <laughs> scared of. Yeah. And I don't know where that comes from. I, maybe they don't want to be embarrassed. I don't know. I don't remember that when we were younger. Was there? Sure. There... I'm sure there was. I think you and I were probably unique in that way. Like oh. we, were, we were a little more confident or co- not. I wouldn't. I don't know that confidence even the right word. I don't know that it was as scary. And I think for me, it was expected growing up. Yeah. So similarly, I had more chances to practice because it was expected that I Right. do that right so then when I had to do it when I got a little bit older or mm-hmm. in different environments I was more comfortable because mm-hmm. I had had a lot of practice mm-hmm. uh, one of the things you told to me you, you mentioned to me before that I think is also really good is you had mentioned in this when you think about conversation and you think about listening and people mm-hmm. being able to like let me really hear what you have to say before I respond. Right. Like, I really want to know versus right. I'm just asking you because I'm supposed to or right. I'm asking you because right. it's going to get me something that I need. That's right. Versus like, oh, I really, because people sniff that out. Right. So if you ask me a question, really mean it and then listen. listen. Mm-hmm. And have <laughs> a follow-up. Yeah. yeah, and have a follow-up. To show that you listened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people want to know that you, I mean, yeah. if, if they see genuine interest from you, there's an immediate connection that's made. Everyone wants to feel yeah. listened to and appreciated. And yeah, but it, it, that is, that's true. I mean, that is hard. A lot of times you're maybe a little bit more shy too. Yeah. Maybe you're just like stressing out over, we have some friends that are yeah. stressing out over having to have conversation and thinking well what am I going to say what am I going to say and my advice to them is you know why don't you start with a question and then if you really listen to the answer that will lead you yeah to the next question maybe about what that answer entailed and then before you know it a conversation yeah. has occurred and that true you know back and forth and that's where the connection comes from so yeah that art of listening and the art of like putting yourself out there maybe like you said the fear factor of yeah. like wherever you are on the spectrum yeah just push yourself a little bit yeah no yeah. fear no fear <laughs> perfect full circle uh all right then the last one is about your advice to young Mookie. Yeah. so let's let's think about maybe college graduate Mookie. yeah you know you're sitting here we won't expose ages but it's been a, it's been a minute since we've been in college over so 10 years what what advice would you give her that would make the journey and the path maybe just a little bit easier what would you tell her oh gosh Pro- professional career professional any, any, any anything kind of personal professional whatever well yeah I mean, maybe I, one of both one of both Ooh. Yeah, I, okay, professionally, I would say, you know, I used to say growing up, like, I don't don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know what I want to be. I still could say, I don't know exactly what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know. I don't know that I ever, I certainly didn't know the job I had existed. And I didn't really occur to me and it sounds crazy but to think about something that inspires me I don't think that's great I think a lot right? of people don't do that yeah. so I think it's it's because really you, good yeah sometimes you think oh well work is for a job is to help you pay for things and I just and, and for some people it is I'm just I'm very fortunate you know I get to do something that inspires me every day so I mean I would say take a minute stop and think about that younger Mogi mm-hmm. because maybe I would have you know started here even sooner but but then again you know my path led me here so that was my journey but that is something to think about and then um, just in life younger Mogi I would say oh don't sweat the small stuff and don't worry so much and I think like you said earlier you know we've always sort of been people pleasers and I think I would say you know do you like yourself you do (laughs) well then just be you and if somebody doesn't get it well then that's too bad I guess it just wasn't meant to be be the be somebody that you 
believe in. And I, I, mean, I have, um, I have two, li- I think I told you before, I have two lists that I keep on my um, bathroom mirror. And the first is top 10 ways to stay young at heart. And the other one is top 10 ways to be a person of integrity. And I figure if I got those two things covered, if I can focus on those, then I'm good. And just be myself. Who I am is not, doesn't work for somebody, then that's okay, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so be yourself. Unless you're a jerk. If you're a jerk, don't be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Try to be better. But if you're a good person. Try to be better. (laughs) Hey, we're talking to you. Try to be better. Try to to do better. Be kind. Yeah, I mean, I think, think, uh, you know, we've talked about this as we've gotten older. We think like, oh my gosh, I worried about so many things that just didn't matter. Yeah. And, um. In that scene in Bridget Jones, right? You're enough, right? You're, you're just enough. you're just enough. You're enough. And you know, worry about yourself. Yeah. Make sure you like yourself first. Make are sure you, you doing? Like are you doing the thing? I love that. Are you doing the things that matter to you to like your? If you if you don't like you, right? Then no one else is going to. That's... So you kind of got to start there. But if you are doing those things, then accept that love to yourself, and then other people react to that as well, for sure. Yeah. What she said. Yeah, what she said. Uh, (laughs) I can't believe it. Thanks for being on Relatable. This has been a delight. It's been um, it's been emotional and it has had some laughs. And we some laughed, tears. we cried. <laughs> no, um, I just thank you for your friendship for our whatever you know more than forty years of friendship and for being such a great supporter and friend and thank you for being on and sharing your own like journey experiences, some of which is hard, and so for being vulnerable and I'm so grateful and I'm grateful that I have this platform and an opportunity to thank you publicly thank you Teresa and you know what we always knew all the way back in junior high we knew you were going to be an interviewer we knew (laughs) you were you were destined to be the great communicator and you are shining at that and I love your podcast it's incredible I love your book Soft skills I learned the hard way. <laughs> My favorite Amazon purchase to this day. So you are you are pure joy, Teresa. And um, ever since I was young, you've been such an incredible influence and inspiration to me. And I don't know how I got so lucky to have you, but I cherish your friendship so much. And um, thank you for taking the time to invite me to be one of your guests. Absolutely. Love you. I love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Moogie. Moogie! I sincerely appreciate you stopping by the studio and being so vulnerable. I love, love, love that you are an open wound. Great advice to find something that inspires you. And most important, do you like yourself? If so, then stop worrying about what everyone else is thinking. Thank you to Missy again for interviewing us on episode one. And thank you for producing this episode and to Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our relatable community. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe and rate us on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.